Welcome, everybody, to Catfish Weekly, presented by Whiskerware Apparel, along with Doc Lang. I'm Lyle Stokes, and welcome to our show. Uh, Doc, we got a bunch of stuff to go over tonight, and we had yeah, some great tournaments all over the place all weekend. So we're we got a bunch of stuff to do. So uh, you know, I don't know what you got all planned out for the show, but uh, it's going to be a great time. We got Jeff Williams with us, and we're going to have a lot of fun with that. Yes, we do. I'm excited to have Jeff on the show. I think we ought to just go ahead and get started. We'll get, go over all the stuff we need to talk about later on. Uh, and I know there's going to be a lot of people that's got questions for, for Jeff, and I know I'm sure that you've got several of them. So, uh, uh, Jeff, welcome to Catfish Weekly, and thank you for spending your time with us this evening because I, I think it's we're going to have a lot of fun. Thank you all for having me. I um, uh, enjoy this and enjoy getting to talk about our company here at Outdoor Brands and Team Catfish, so we appreciate the invitation. Good deal. That's great. Go ahead, Lock. I said, I appreciate you taking your time to spend on it, and, I, you know, you, you've been doing this for a long time, so there's a lot of stuff we can go over here. Uh, a lot of stuff, yeah. There's a lot of history here. We've been, Team Catfish started at ICAST in summer of 2007. So we are in, uh, I was actually creating the, the brand before in, in 2006. So we're actually uh, in our 11th year and uh, the Team Catfish Terminal Tackle was successful at a lot of locations before I was able to develop my products and bring them into the, uh, the, uh, the mix. Uh, TTI Blakemore is a partner of mine that has the, all the Terminal Tackle they licensed that uh, trademark from me, and I designed the products for them. So they're the ones that helped introduce it at ICAST in 2007, and we're 11 years into it now. Wow. Don't seem like it's wow. been that long. Yeah. Sure doesn't. Well, Doc, I know you got some questions for him. I'll try to watch the chat that we have it on uh, on our YouTube feed. Uh Go ahead, and, and uh, as we get them, we'll try to go over these questions because I know there'll be a lot of them. Yeah, okay. Well, thanks, Jeff, for being on the show. We appreciate it. Um, tell our viewers out there, you know, where you're from and, and you know, what you have to offer. Okay. Um, well, I'm from Grove, Oklahoma. We have our business here on Grand Lake of the Cherokees. Uh, we're in northeast Oklahoma. We're between Joplin, Missouri, and Tulsa, Oklahoma, not too far off Interstate 44. And um, we have a full line of catfishing products, everything from hooks, terminal tackle, line, rods, reels, uh, catfish bait, accessories, clothing, hats. Um, and uh, we just keep adding products uh, little by little as our as we can master our supply chain and get them added to the uh, brand to where um, we can send them out wholesale to all of our dealers or box stores. Uh, we continue to grow the Team Catfish brand. And, um, you know, I've got a lot of other items that we sell at Outdoor Brands that I've developed. Uh, we have uh, the NutriDeer brand, the Bowhunter One brand, the Flea Fly Fishing Tackle brand, and then this last uh, year, we made it through one full year with One Step Jerky Marinade, which is in the uh, One Step Cooking product. So we've got a lot going on, and I've tried to round out my year with brands that 
all participate and sell at different times of the year. And uh, we've got the flea fly brand, which starts early in the year as panfish and crappie fishing tackle. Then we roll into team catfish. And we have bow hunter one and nutri deer that help make up our fall business. And it's been a, uh, it's been a real battle getting from one successful brand to four successful brands, but uh, we are on our way. Good deal. Uh, one of the guys got a question. What's Jeff's personal best? Personal best. Uh, my personal best catfish is going to be bumping the 80 pound range at blue catfish. And uh, it's, uh, I've never cracked the, the 80 pound range. I've got a lot of fish in the sixties and fifties and sixties and seventies. And I bet I would have broke the old uh, 80 pound mark if I hadn't been tied up in this office for the last 10 years. So <laughs> we found out a lot more about a lot of places to catch big catfish in the last 10 years, haven't we? Yeah. We have. Yeah. And yes, we have. Okay. Uh, the double action hooks. Explain how those work. Okay. That was one of the flagship items that we released in 27, or 27 2007. And the double action hook is a hook that. Um, we almost call it the triple action because it works both ways or works three different ways. But the two main methods that people use the hook is they like to reel down and set the hook on the fish or they like the fish to bury the rod and hook themselves. Those are the two main uh, ways that anglers use the double action hook. And what I found out years ago um, after using these hooks and Originally, what we did was we had these hooks when I was on pro staff with Daiichi through TTI Blakemore. We were using the same style of hook in the Daiichi brand, and we crossed it over into Team Catfish. And all those years of guiding, um, I found out that that double action hook was the greatest thing ever for my clients because the majority of time when blue cats would swim off, they would smash the rod and the hook would hook themselves. And then instead of them having the client having to stand up and try to set the hook, which was almost always a disaster when we had inexperienced people in the boat, I could tell them to grab the rod and reel down, reel down, reel down until they hooked that fish and they didn't yank my bait off that way and miss the fish. So when we released them from uh, TTI, I trademarked double action and that's uh, that's the method that we've trained people to do now for the last 10 years is reel down and hook their fish instead of trying to stand up and set the hook. Good deal. Now, how can our viewers get a hold of you? If they want to order something, you got a website that they can order stuff off of? Yes, sir. Um, what I always try to do is I try to put our dealers first. We got a huge dealer network of people around the country and I'm very happy to say that Team Catfish made it even made it into 1100 Walmart stores this year so Team Catfish brand is in every major retail account in the country Bass Pro, Cabela's, Academy, Dick's, Gander Mountain, Sportsman's Warehouse and now Walmart and we try to put all of our dealers our independent dealers first we try to do the best we can with our dealer network link and it is a challenge to keep up with that but if you want to look for our dealers or you want to order some items online that a dealer doesn't have people can find us at teamcatfish.com 
Okay. Uh, let's see if we got any questions. Anybody got? No, nope, nobody's got any questions. Well, you must you must be laying it out pretty good, Jeff, because nobody's got any <laughs> questions right now. I've answered a lot of questions on those. I got 115 how-to catfishing videos now on YouTube, and uh, the, the fans we answer. Whew, man, I don't even know how many how many questions we answer between there and Facebook. So uh, yeah. we we try to keep up with that. But I do welcome any of you all out there to ask us anything about how we get got started or, or whatever it might be. Well, what are you currently fishing out of? Um, right now, when I catfish, I'm fishing out of a Sportsman 200. Um, it's a boat that I uh, worked with with G3 uh, for a year or so, and, and they finally got the, uh, the boat released uh, last year, beginning of the year last year, I think, or maybe the beginning of 2015. Time flies, I can't remember. So I've got a Sportsman 200 with a 200 horse Yamaha. Um, it's got a Minn Kota trolling motor, and uh, that particular uh, boat has some Garmin units. When we, when I bought that boat, um, G3 was working with Garmin, and uh, you know it's just a really nice rig. It's got an aluminum trailer, double axle trailer, and uh, I, I don't have as many hours on it as I wish I did, but. Um, that's what I'm fishing out of when I catfish, and then I also I really enjoy fishing out of my 1448 John boat. It's a G3. It's a small boat. It's got a 20 horse Yamaha four stroke on it, and I take that thing up in little creeks and rivers and streams and fish with cheese bait and and really enjoy my channel catfishing. So um, those are the two boats that I catfish out of mostly. Yeah, one of the guys on here, Dirty Ore Catfish, and says he, we want more Team Catfish live streams. Yeah, well, they're coming. Um, they they're going to be out. And uh, what I what I've guys, what I've I've had to do this year was I had to prioritize my sales gear and my sales support with the brands that are um, really really re relevant, selling strong. And the Flea Fly brand, uh, it, it lights up about the 1st of January. And by the end of March, you know, a lot of the big, the big push and the crappie fishing stuff is starting to slack off. And the cat fishermen are really getting wound up about the 1st of March. So uh, March, April, May, uh, and then after we get through the spawn in June and July, I will probably be doing quite a few team catfish live feeds. Okay. Uh, Concrete Man 1984 wants to know what is the biggest difference between your circle hooks and jackhammer hooks? Okay, there's a big difference. The jackhammer J hook is another one of the items that was originally released in 2007 alongside the double action hook. And the jackhammer J hook is truly what it's called it is a J style hook, it does not have a, a tip that turns back into the fish once the fish swims away. Now, if the fish swims away with the, the hook and it swims away violently, of course the jackhammer hook will hook the fish itself. But on the slow, steady pull downs and the slow, steady strikes, the double action hook will always hook more fish because the, the way that hook is designed, the harder you pull on the tip of that hook, the deeper that hook turns into the fish. 
So that's the big difference. Jackhammer hooks are really made to stand up and set the hook with. The double action hook is made to reel down or let the fish bury the rod and hook themselves. Gotcha. Dirty or catfishing is asking, is there a 10-aught double action? No, there's not a 10-aught double action yet. And what we have to do to make our anglers happy with the 10-aught double action is we have to figure out the wire size, the wire diameter, because there are a lot of people that will like to have a double action 10-aught that is the same size wire as the double action 8-aught, and, and we physically can't do that because the hook will, will bend out and won't perform right as a 10-aught. So we have to look at this and we have to say, is it really worth making a 10-aught double action hook that has a heavier wire that an angler might not really want. But what we do have is a 10-aught super circle, which is very similar to a double action hook. The curve on the super circles are a little bit more drastic, but if you're looking for a bigger circle hook, you need to look at the 10-aught super circle and the 12-aught super circle. They're an enormous hook, and they you can, you can just cram giant baits on them, so if you're looking for a big, bigger circle look that's in the Team Catfish brand, that's still the quality of the hooks that we have. If you like the double action style, you need to look at the super circles. Okay. E-Star 75 wants to know, do you suggest people snell the double actions? And what is the best knot you found that works best? Okay. Well, that's a, that's, that's, that could go a, about a, half a million different directions because everybody mm -hmm. has their own way they like to do things. And I'll be just blatantly honest with you. I don't snell my hooks. When I fish, I fish with an improved, an improved clinch knot and I pull that knot down extremely tight on that hook. And I have never had to snell a double action hook to catch fish. Now, I have guides and I have friends and I have a lot of people that swear by snelling their hooks. I think the knot that you tie and what you do is really depends on the confidence level you have. And if you're confident in a snell and you think that hook is going to perform better because it's in a snell, then by all means snell it. They're both great knots. The polymer knot is another great knot, but I don't tie it because the improved clinch knot is so easy to tie. I tie the improved clinch knot with braid. I tie it with fly fishing line. I tie it with uh, on hooks. I tie it on swivels. I tie it on anything. I, I just use the improved clinch knot for just about, about anything that I do. The only other knot that I use I, I tie a three-way uh, loop knot, a surgeon's knot, and uh, when I'm fishing a, what I call a bottom dragger rig, where you have a line that comes down, and then you have uh, a loop that comes off of it, and then it goes down to your sinker, to where your hook's actually above your sinker. Um, I do tie a surgeon's loop right there, but any other time, actually when I tie that, that leader onto my swivel, I tie it on there with an improved clinch. Okay. 
Doesn't look like there's any other questions. Um, what are the reels that you're using? Okay, we have our own reels. Um, we, uh, we started out with reels in 2013, and it's been a work in progress. Um, we continue to make improvements on our reels every year. Um, the factory that I work with on my reels is interested in uh, building um, the best catfishing reel that we can get into the Team Catfish brand, and they're called Goldring. Uh, what we have is a 400 size casting reel, and then I have a 50 or a 500, 5,000 size, whatever you want to call it, uh, size in the spinning reel. And what they are, they, they're a, a reel that we've designed the interior components, we've designed, designed the graphics on, uh, they built the reel to my specifications. We designed all the artwork on the boxes. We designed the colorations. Uh, both reels were reels that had been manufactured in the past. And what we did was we went and used that tooling for the Team Catfish brand. And we just crammed them both full of really high quality components that uh, the type of stuff that our, our anglers appreciate here at Team Catfish. So. Um, we have two gold ring reels, a 400 size, and a, and a 50 or 5,000 size. Okay. Is the double action hook your single best selling product? The ADOT, I'm sorry. Is the, the ADOT double action hook your single best selling product? The ADOT double action black. And I can't answer this a hundred percent, but it is got to be in the top five every single year. The five aught double action black sells really, really well. Um, our dip baits sell really, really well, and our dead red blood spray sells amazingly well. So um, sinker slides, sinker bumpers. You know, it's really hard to tell what skew actually sells the best, but I would say that the ADOT double action is the number one selling hook that we have. Okay. Uh, let's see, did I miss anything, Lyle? Not that I'm aware of. I'll, I'll bet you missed the one I got on Facebook, though. Go for it. Jeremiah King would like to ask Jeff if he fishes mainly lakes or if he goes to the rivers also. And I grew up fishing lakes because the rivers that we have here in northeast Oklahoma, they only run when there's a lake releasing some water ahead of it. And the only time that those lakes release water is after we have rain. And so I grew up learning how to target fish in, in giant reservoirs, and that was really my claim to fame when, when we figured out how to target reservoir blue catfish with rod and reel. And able to put seasonal patterns together to target those catfish was, believe it or not, 10 years ago was something that a lot of people just weren't doing. And there was a lot of people fishing rivers, but I didn't have access to rivers, and I loved the blue catfish, and I wanted to learn more about it. So I grew up fishing um, tail races. After we, after we, you know, we had a lot of water in our reservoirs, we, they were able to generate water, and we were able to fish flooded streams and creeks and all that stuff. But since I have been able to travel, I absolutely love river fishing. 
And the one reason that I love river fishing is something that a lot of people I really don't think they truly don't understand that just the simple fact alone, when you're looking at the difference between reservoirs and rivers, current dictates to the fish where they have to live every single day that they're alive. When you're in a situation where they're faced with current all the time, like the Mississippi River and the Missouri River, a lot of days there's current, the Ohio River, you know, some of these big, big river systems, these fish are forced to live in areas that the current dictates to them where they live. In a lake, they suspend all over the place. They suspend in, in the water column. They can lay down wherever they want. I mean, so it makes targeting fish in a reservoir a lot more difficult than targeting fish when you have current. So even though I grew up fishing a lot of lakes and I still like my lake fishing, I love to be able to go target fish on a river where the current dictates to them where they have to live. That's that's really cool. Uh, Jeremiah would also like to know, uh, since you do fish on rivers, uh, this time of the year, uh, how do you go about finding a fish when it's difficult to pattern them? Well, this gets into another big question because uh, I just did a just did a seminar over at, uh, actually taught a class over at Tulsa Technology Center about a month ago, and my seminar was on how to target catfish um, seasonally, but folks have to understand that when you go out and you target catfish, you have to decipher the differences in the catfish. Channel cats, blue cats, and flatheads are as different as horses, pigs, and goats. And you have to understand the seasonable patterns of each catfish before you can truly target them. And once you understand the species and you understand where that catfish is going to be in every season, that's when you can start patterning the catfish. So you need to learn the traits. You need to learn the anatomy of the catfish. You need to learn the behaviors of the catfish. And when you start adding up all of these factors, that's when you can really break it down and start targeting them. So to move back to the river question, what do we, you know, what do catfish are, are they doing in the spring? What do catfish do in the winter? What do catfish do in the fall? And you know, you have to start asking, asking yourself these questions. You need to start reading. You need to start looking at information. You start grabbing accumulation of knowledge about what species are you targeting because a flathead behaves differently than a blue cat and a channel cat. And until you understand where and how to target that fish in each season, you, you know, targeting becomes more difficult until you know what your catfish is going to do. And I can, that's great advice. I can elaborate on that even more. But I, you know, uh, for, for me to sit here and tell a guy how to just target a catfish in a river until they understand and they ask me what species and what type of river and what season, I can't tell them what to do. They, people, catfish anglers have got to start looking at catfish from a, from a, uh, 
Well, they really have to start looking at it from a species specific perspective. And until they start to do that, they're never going to truly understand the behaviors of those catfish in lakes or rivers. Yep. Good information. Glenn Flowers wants to know, do you flathead fish often? I don't flathead fish near as much as I would like to. And the reason that I don't flathead fish near as much as I like to is because I don't have moving water all the time. I do have some methods for targeting flatheads in still water, but it's very difficult. It's time consuming. And I actually have to wait on the fish to come to me. And that's not something that I like to do. I like to be able to go in and target a fish that's living in a location or target an area that's, that you have active, actively feeding catfish on. If I live close to a river that had current all the time and I could run my boat out and fish during the day or night in, in areas where I felt like these flatheads were holding and I could go in and target them because the current was dictating to those fish where they had to live every day, I would flathead fish a lot more because I truly believe that is um, being able to go in and target flatheads and catch flatheads consistently is something that a lot of people have never mastered. They don't have the patience for it. They don't want to lose the tackle that it takes to do it. And um, it's something that I truly enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, and you definitely lose the tackle because they are creatures of habit. They love to be packed around trees and some of the worst stuff that you have to fish for them. Absolutely. And uh, if, you know, uh, I've said this a lot of times, and I and this holds true on my crappie fishing and my catfishing, uh, but especially when it comes to big catfish. Um, back when I was a young man, Berkeley Trilene had this commercial on TV, and they had it in magazines. And they said, big fish hide in bad places. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I never yeah. forgot it. Ever. And that's probably stuck with me for close to 30 years now. And it, nothing could be further from the truth, especially in a current situation. Yep. Excellent. Uh, I think I'm caught up on questions here. All right. Let me see what I got. Jeff, I, I know, uh, sort of the story on how you uh, got started in catfishing and the business and stuff. But uh, the thing that a lot of people don't know about Jeff Williams is that he started out in the catfish industry as a guide. Yes, sir. I did. I, uh, um, I started guiding here on Grand Lake when I was uh, about 16 years old. Um, I wasn't guiding for catfish at that time, but I've always loved the catfish. And um, I started guiding at a, at a very young age. And by the time I was 18, I bought a nice Procraft bass boat. And I started guiding for uh, a lot of white bass trips. We have a big resort here on the, the lake. And I spent a lot of time fishing for white bass on the weekends when these guys would give me leftover guide trips. And so that's kind of how I cut my teeth, learning how to guide. And um, I guess it was probably about in the mid eighties um, or the early nineties um, when, and, and then something else that a lot of new catfish anglers don't understand 
the Midwest was never blessed with reservoir blue catfish. Lake of the Ozarks and Truman Lake were. Those are two places when they were impounded had blue catfish. Grand Lake, Hudson Lake, Call Lake, Kerr Lake. There was a lot of lakes and a lot of lakes in Oklahoma, even though they were tributaries of the Arkansas River, the blue cats weren't far enough up those tributaries that they the fish were impounded when they impounded those reservoirs. Well, now we have blue catfish in all different kinds of lakes in Texas. We have them in Missouri. We have them in Kansas. We have them in Nebraska. We have them in Iowa. We have them in Illinois. So we have all these locations where blue catfish were literally have been transplanted into these reservoirs in the last, I'm going to say 20 years. And Grand Lake had some blue catfish put in it back in the early 80s. So, um, you know, in, in 1980, I was 10. In 1990, I was 20. And by the time I got to be about 20 years old, about the time I had started doing a lot of guiding for white bass, even though I catfished for channel cats and flatheads, um, we started getting these mysterious fish in our reservoir that nobody knew anything about. They, we'd never had them in here, and this reservoir was impounded in 1944. So there was people starting to learn how to catch them on jug lines, and there was people calling them a white catfish, and there were people that were figuring out how to catch them on trout lines up in the river in the spring. Some of these fish were starting to exceed 20 and 30 pounds. So I made it a quest to learn how to catch these fish on rod and reel. And uh, once I did that, um, I did a television show with American Outdoorsman back in the early 90s. And it was just a, it was just a huge success for me to be able to go out and target catfish in the winter drifting for catfish in the winter and catch some 20 and 30 pound catfish back in the day when the outdoor channel was, I think it was the outdoor channel. I don't even remember which, but there was just a handful of outdoor channel programming back then. There was a kajillion people that saw that. And I started getting calls from people that wanted to go catfishing on the reservoir with me to learn what I was doing. They wanted to know how to catch these blue catfish on a rod and reel. And then in fishermen kind of got, kind of got a, a word about it. And then I think in the early to mid nineties, maybe 94, 95, I did an article with Steve Hoffman on reservoir blue catfish. And from that point on my guide business just grew. And, um, I, uh, I, I was a pipe fitter. Um, I went through my apprenticeship program and I, I, I worked for a company out of Denver for uh, many years while I ran my guide service and raised my kids. And, and you know, so from about from about 1990 to um, you know, my first my son was born in 2000. There was a 10-year span in there where I did a lot of guiding for catfish. I learned a lot about catfish tournaments. And then between 2007 or 2000 and 2007 developed my, my techniques and tactics to really become advanced at, at targeting reservoir blue catfish. I lived at Truman Lake and, and Lake of the Ozarks for a few years up in that time and, and, and saw my vision for team catfish. I, need, I knew there needed to be a better brand of catfishing gear than what was available. So, um, you know, I kind of started guiding one way 
and I ended up guiding full-time for blue catfish. The only time I didn't guide for them, um, I would fish for hybrid stripers up on Truman in June when the blue cats were spawning. So, uh, but the last three years that I was a full-time guide at Lake of the Ozarks, I averaged about 225 trips a year. That's a Good lot. Of, that's a lot of going. That's a lot. Of, yes, I have, <laughs> that's a lot of catching bait. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it really is. I have a couple of questions I want to go over with you before I continue on with what I've got. Glenn Flowers wants to know what's your closest river that you fish? Well, we've got rivers, you know, but they just don't move anymore. Um, yeah. You know, that, that's the problem is all of our rivers are impounded. So we end up with a bunch of still water. I've got flatheads in the Neosho River right here in my backyard. And, um, but the, the closest thing that I could actually drive to that I know without a doubt, 100% is going to have current in it every single day would be the Missouri River. And, uh, and you know, probably in central Missouri up by Kansas City would be the closest thing I could drive to. Um, even the Arkansas River, where it comes out of Oklahoma, it's still controlled by lock and dams all the way down, uh, all the way down through Arkansas. So it, it's constantly, you're constantly dealing with what are they doing with the water today? And, you know, when they're fluctuating the water, it fluctuates the fish. And yep. it does not, it does not lend itself to constant current like the Mississippi and the Missouri River have. That's that's a hundred percent true statement. I I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, John Hopper would like to know if you prefer to use sonar or do you use your experience and knowledge of the river to find the fish? Well, that's a good question, and I use sonar. I use Downview. I use GPS and my knowledge of where the fish should be in the river according to the species and according to the time of the year. So you, you, you wrap all that up in an educated guess and you go out and you, you try to target fish. Now I can walk down on a river without a sonar and I can take my, my secret seven catfish bait or my fiber bait and I go jump in a canoe and we can float a river and have a big time catching channel cats. And I don't ever have to do anything except know where to target those fish because I can look at a river and I understand it on, on small rivers. You can do that. But when you start getting up to midsize and large rivers, you have to learn to be able to, you have to use some tools to help you see what's on the bottom because you can't see what's on the top according to the flow. And, you know, in a small river, I can look at a small river and I can say there's a hole, there's a run, there's a riffle, there's a log pile. You know, you can't see everything, but I can make a really calculated guess on what is there ahead of me when I'm going down a small river. And without sonar and without GPS, um, you're not as effective and you're not as efficient as you could be if you learn how to use it. I, that, that I agree with you completely. And uh, sonar has become, as a tournament fisherman, sonar and all of the toys that goes along with that has become one of the top things that you must have to be successful. Sure. It, it's, it's a tool that you need because you're fishing, especially in a current situation, you are fishing in areas that, that you can find 
because the current is dictating to those fish where they need to live. And once you can find those areas, then you can target them. That's right. That's right. That's 100% correct. That's great information, Jeff. Uh, that's all of the questions we have in chat right now. So let's let's continue on about Jeff Williams. I uh, like I mentioned, I kind of followed you for a long time over the years, and I, I remember when you guided it up at the lake. I mean, that was a long time ago. But uh, then again, I remember some things as I was a little older than you are. Maybe maybe that's why it sticks in my mind. But you know, you have grown your your name and your products and all your stuff to where you do all these videos. And something I wanted to talk about a little bit, and I mentioned to you this afternoon when we visited, is your kids and you brought them up uh, in an environment where they're thriving, uh, whether it be fishing with you or whether it's uh, going out deer hunting and stuff. I mean, I see all these pictures. You've got some great boys, their hearts in the outdoor sports. And, uh, you know, I, the whole world is so proud to see these kids do those kind of things. And, and these kids are doing it and they're doing it really well. Well, I appreciate that. And I'm glad that you've noticed. Um, I made myself a promise when I had kids, boys or girls, didn't know what it was going to be, but I made myself a promise that I would never push my lifestyle onto my kids. And I, growing up in a household where hunting and fishing pretty well fed them, I mean, it's, it's pretty well, uh, it, it's, a, it's a big step when you make your livelihood um, hunting and fishing products and then you raise a family surrounded by all that it's very easy to turn those i didn't want to turn my kids away and i didn't want to burn them out so i let them enjoy what they wanted to enjoy i took them all the places that they wanted to take them i gave them all the tools that i could afford to give them so once they wanted to go out and do their own thing they could go out and do their own thing and i've been fortunate that both boys do love to hunt and fish uh currently they're they're a lot more into the hunting um, they do, they do fish with me. They don't fish with me near as much as they used to, but my oldest one's 16 now. So they're, they're running together and, and, uh, you know, they spent all weekend up in Missouri shed hunting on spring break. And last weekend they spent over in Kansas shed hunting. So, um, they're working with a few companies on the, uh, the hunting side of things and they're kind of getting into promotions now and, and really doing a great job and enjoying what they do. So, um, you know, I, I'm very proud of them, and I just, uh, just kind of turn them loose and do their thing. And, and I, think you can only, um, I think you can only grow them to a certain point, and they're either going to want to go do their own thing or they're not going to want to do their own thing in the, in the sporting and in, in the outdoor world. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of times um, what I've seen over the years is kids that probably didn't really want to um, – progress in the outdoor world and and people pushed them and pushed them and pushed them and pushed them and it wasn't the right time and my you know my youngest son absolutely loves the golf why well, I, I hope he continues golf i love to see him golf and i hope i can learn how to play golf with him i can't play golf at all but i'd like to learn and uh so you know i just kind of let him go i just kind of let him roll with the flow and um, they're at a point now, after dragging around, they call me old pops, after dragging around with old pops for the last, you know, 10 years, and um, that, that they are becoming very successful. Um, I think I told you about my youngest son. He, he literally went into a, we had a, 
uh, some property leased in southeast Oklahoma this year for deer hunting and it's a kind of a public lease there's about 30 people on the lease so it's not just our private piece of property and it's a timber company and it's very difficult to hunt it's one of the hardest places to try to kill a mature deer that of any place that I've ever hunted and my youngest son at 12 years old found his place took his climbing stand out and shot 155 inch deer opening day of rifle season this year had it back at the road with his ladder stand and his gun waiting on me when I picked him up at 945 and I was pretty well blown away so I think that these kids once you teach them the right you know teach them the right way of doing things and you cram their heads full of knowledge and you make sure that they're as successful as they can possibly be on every single outing and sometimes that means not doing what you want to do it means doing what they want to do and making them successful and letting them feed off of that confidence is where and what really helped my kids the most and and i am blessed they've taken ran with it yes they have they're doing outstanding and you know i'm very child oriented and all about getting ladies into the sport of catfishing and uh when i have i know you've got tons of videos out there and there's a lot of good quality videos but the ones i've seen uh that i like the best of yours are definitely the one with those guys and i remember watching them when they were little bitty guys and and they're going into to really great men now or, or right on the verge of becoming men i know one of them's 13 years old but that that doesn't doesn't matter he's doing the, the right things and he's going about it the way it needs to be done and that's just outstanding and like I told you earlier, maybe we can get them boys on the show one of these days, and they can tell us some stories about old Pop. Oh, yeah. You'd, uh, you have your hands full when you're 13 years old, and you'll have to drag the info out of the 16-year-old. So it, uh, it, they definitely got two different personalities for sure. But, hey, I would like to add two things. Um, one, I would really like for people to know what is truly going on behind the scenes in what the anti-hunters and the anti-fishermen call blood sports. They consider, they consider deer hunting and catfishing and crappie fishing blood sports. And they continually push their agenda to stop blood sports. We as fishermen, we as hunters, Regardless of whoever, regardless of whatever method you have, regardless of if you use a trot line or you use a rod and reel, collective harvest is a big part of my message about this. But regardless of what you do and what you enjoy, we all better get along or it, it will be in my kid's lifetime that the people that consider what we do blood sports they are taking a huge toll politically and in locations that you just can't believe what they're trying to do to take away from us. I saw a video or something somewhere the other day of somebody that had it. They said that they had a bass that had a tear in its eye and they literally had photoshopped something that looked like a tear in a bass's eye and had a hook in its mouth. And that's the way these people think. And I, 
I have, over the last 10 years, I have seen some animosity inside the catfish community that I wish was, wish that wasn't there. I wish that a lot more people could truly realize what the big picture of this is and that we all need to be working together to protect hunting and fishing because if we don't, the people that the, there's millions of people with probably billions of dollars trying to take away your right to catfish on Saturday afternoon. And I can't stress enough how important it is. And we see this stuff inside the tackle community because we're on the front lines of, of people not wanting you to use lead sinkers out here, or they've got a special restriction for these fish over here. And, it, and it's snowballing y'all. So if, if anybody takes anything away from my message on this, show i hope that any animosity we have with who's doing what in fishing can be put to the side and we can all focus on how do we protect what we love to do that, i agree and, and there's so many people out there that sort of stir the pot one way or the other but uh as long as people are ethical and do things the correct way uh and, and don't over harvest and, and realize how important it is to save these breeding size fish. We all, we got to work to get along. I have a question on, a, on the Facebook message uh, from Justin Wolf. He, he wants to know if he's curious to see if, if you have any projects working for conservation of catfish now or in the future. Well, um, I don't have any, any, uh, any formal uh, projects. But I did work with the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife um, when they were studying their reservoir blue catfish age and growth data. I harvested a lot of fish for those uh, for those guys. We were the uh, uh, go-to guys for Grand Lake and and uh, Hudson Lake. And um, you know, I worked very closely with Jeff Boxrucker. He's he's retired now, but the catfish study was one of the things that he had done um, here. And I tell you what, it was a very in-depth study. It was very fascinating to, to find out what they um, had came up with, and I was very, very glad to be a part of it. Um, I continually push selective harvest um, on my videos and what we do. I try to educate people on the age and growth data of the catfish and what they really don't understand and what they need to understand about how old these fish truly are. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you to turn every 30 or 50 pounder loose because that might be the fish of a lifetime for somebody. But by God, turn the next two or three or four or five or six or seven loose. You know, That's I'm not going to rain on somebody's parade for harvesting a big fish or two. Um, I did it back when I was when I was younger and I didn't understand or have the education that it took to understand what age and growth data is and how old these fish truly are and how, um, you know, how they spawn, how they protect their fry, how they do all these things at a certain age level and, uh, you know, continue to populate your reservoirs and your rivers. So even though I don't, I don't have a specific, um, you know, nothing specific I'm working on, I do try to educate people on aging growth data and selective harvest. Right, I, and, and I'm the same way. Uh, I, personally, I don't uh, keep any big size. If they're big enough to breed, they're big enough to throw back. Uh, and I, I don't like to clean them. You know what I mean? I, I throw them back because I'm too lazy to clean them, don't want to, whatever. The, the, the reason is 
but so many people you're right and they catch that fish of a lifetime and one of the things that brings a smile to my face is to watch them when they release that 20 30 40 50 pound fish back in the water i mean it just brightens the whole world up for them because they know that someday some little guy is going to be able to catch that fish and it's probably going to weigh 50 or 60 pounds and just thinking about that just drives them nuts oh yeah <laughs> yeah releasing the fish is is fantastic there's a lot of toxins in our large fish that aren't healthy a lot of the the older fish that have continued to consume fish um you know over the years that have consumed microorganisms that are full of you know toxins and fertilizers and chemicals and what have you and the bigger the older the fish the more toxins those fish truly have in them it's, it's proven that that is the case and i love to you know i love to eat blue catfish and crappie those are about the only two fish that we eat and i take you know fish in that three to eight pound range is what i like to clean and that's perfect size for the the you know the fillet knife and and uh, we eat quite a quite a bit of fish and um, what the aging growth data showed uh, on our lakes here in Oklahoma was very fascinating um, that the blue catfish um, here and we guys a lot of people don't know it but Oklahoma has more man-made shoreline than any other state in the country besides Texas and I think Alaska so we've got we got the Arkansas River, the Neosho River, we got the Grand River, we got uh, the Canadian River, the North Canadian River, we got the Red River. We got all these giant reservoirs. We got all these reservoirs and rivers in Oklahoma. So they went and they studied all of these reservoirs, the major ones, and there was about 10 of them. And um, you could imagine like having 10 Truman Lake and Lake of the Ozarks. I mean, that's what we have here in Oklahoma. So. What they found was in the reservoirs where the catfish were overpopulated with small fish, the top end fish couldn't grow. So I put too many cattle in the field. There's not enough food for your big fish to consume, to grow, to where they could really start to excel and expand after they were uh, 28 to 30 inches. The reservoirs where there wasn't as much competition with small fish, the big fish grew and could expand and they could grow a lot faster. So what we have here in Oklahoma is we got a lot of reservoirs where we have our fish are pretty much 10 years old at 10 pounds is what the average is in Missouri or in Oklahoma. And I think they did the right thing. They took and, and said you could keep one fish a day over 30 inches. And then they said you keep 15 fish a day under 30 inches that the rod and reel anglers and the, the, uh, the, um, um, recreational fishermen could never over harvest the amount of blue cats that we have in all these reservoirs in Oklahoma. If you know if there was commercial fishing allowed, they could take a toll on it. But recreational fishermen, with the amount of shoreline and the amount of acreage that we have, can't hurt the population of small blue catfish once the majority of fish over 30 inches are released. You just they kept the population at 15. And they said, take them, take them, take them, take them, keep taking them and take them. That you, you need to continue to take those small fish to make the population as healthy as you can. And they took everything and they broke it down and they said, okay, we're managing for fish that can grow to be over 100 pounds. And they want a certain age class of fish between 
between zero and 10 pounds. They want a certain age class of fish between, between 10 and 30 pounds, and they want a certain amount of the fish in the reservoir to be between 30 and 50 or 60 pounds. And then they want those champion breeders, the ones that excel and exceed uh, the 40 to 50 pound range, which is what most blue cats will stop at. They're, not every blue catfish is gonna grow to be 100 pounds. It doesn't matter how old you let the fish be. It's like, uh, you know, Andre the Giant. None of us are gonna be that guy. He's what you would call a champion breeder genetically in the in the world. There's a lot of people that kill 200 inch deer and, and you know, it doesn't matter how much you let a lot of three, four, five, and six year old deer grow, they're never gonna be 200 inches. So right. we have right. these we have these genetic freaks and these we have what we have what we call champion breeders. So we you know those are the gen genetics that we absolutely want to pass on through the reservoir or through the rivers. And Oklahoma is trying to manage for all of those slots of fish. That that's outstanding. That's outstanding. Really, really like, like to, to see that. You got some feedback on you now, Jeff. You might need to turn your volume down just a little bit. Okay. We get uh, those guys that are – those states that are involved in this, and we have a message here in the chat that Kansas is sort of doing the same thing. Uh, I push in Missouri all the time to try to get regulations done, and I know they do studies, and I know these studies takes a long time, but some of us just get a little impatient, but we all need to understand that uh, these things take time, and these departments want to make the right decision. They only they don't want to they don't want to overdo it or underdo it. They want to do it just right. And I know that's tough to understand, but that's kind of the way it has to be. Uh, when they're being responsible about about putting new regulations in, we need to let them make the correct decision when they do it. Yeah, it needs to be it needs to be correct, and it doesn't mean need to decimate the fishery one way or another. That the calculation needs to protect juvenile fish and top fish and they need to they need to try to grow the fish in the reservoirs or the rivers so an angler can go out and have a chance to target all these different levels or sizes of fish that's, that's correct that's a, a very great statement you just made i couldn't have put it any better and i don't know if anybody else could or not but if we can get everybody to understand it we're we're good to go um is there anything other than your videos? I know you're planning on doing quite a bit of video stuff. Do you have any exciting news? That's anything coming up you can share with us? Well, I tell you what, guys, um, we are literally in a point to where we work as hard as we can just to build and keep our supply chain going. I, <laughs> I, I spend as much time as anything working with um, subcontractors and people that help supply not just Team Catfish, but all of our products at Outdoor Brands. Um, and we've been blessed with such wonderful fans in the catfish community that, that have walked in and, and asked for our products and opened doors. And these doors all, um, all these doors that open all want product. And we have to be able to supply product. And we have to be able to supply product at the quality that our fans and customers demand. So I spend a tremendous amount of time not innovating more and new items. I spend a lot of time trying to work on how do we continue to supply the products 
that our fans really want that have went in and asked for at an, at a price that they can afford and a quality that they expect. So I know that's not big glamorous news and people want to know what I spend a lot of time doing. It's working on my supply chain to supply the items that catfish angler demand. Well, that, that's the way you keep your business going and, and keep everybody interested in it. And, and, you know, everybody talks about team catfish hooks or team catfish braided line, this or that. You know, everybody seems to be really comfortable with everything you've done. I personally uh, use some of your stuff and uh, some of the stuff I don't use, but that's that's going to be with any product anybody offers, you know. Uh, the thing that, that impresses me the most is I know where you come from and I know where you're at now. And, man, I love those videos. You know, I, I'm hoping you have a bunch of good quality videos coming out. And, and, of course, I love the catfishing stuff, but you have some really good crappie videos out too. Uh, yeah. I, I enjoy my crappie fishing. I, I tell you what, guys, after guiding as many years as I guided in all the tournaments I went to and everything I did out on the road, for me to just hop in my boat with a pack of crappie jigs and, and, and head over to the brush pile and, you know, fish with some light action gear is something that I truly enjoy. And I've always crappie fished. I grew up crappie fishing on the dock with my grandma and fishing with minnows, sitting there catching crappie with her. So something that I love to do. I want to teach people how to catch more crappie, how to catch more white bass, just like I want to with catfish. My philosophy is not rocket science. When, a, when an angler learns and knows how to target fish better, they become more successful at catching fish. They buy more fishing tackle. And I hope they remember me when they buy that tackle. I hope they remember who helped them learn. And, and a lot of my customers appreciate that knowledge. So I don't hold anything back. I try to show everybody everything that I know. And, uh, you know, it's, it pays off because our team catfish fans are just bad to the bone. I mean, they they support us, and the Catfish Conference was a great deal this year, and I got to meet so many people that just wanted to come by and say thanks. We appreciate what you're doing and shake my hand, and, and that's very humbling. I'm not a guy that wants to be in the spotlight. If I could have done all this and me never been in the spotlight, I think I would have been happy. That's why I've never attached my name to anything. You don't see anything that's Jeff Williams team catfish. It's all team catfish. And I really truly appreciate all my fans and them spending their hard earned money on our fish and tackle. And I, I want to try to provide them the best product I can at a price that they can afford. I got to tell you, Jeff, that's probably as great a philosophy as I've heard from anybody at any Did something happen to Lyle? I don't know where he went. <laughs> so, I think Lyle, Lyle, Lyle disappeared. I don't yeah. see him on here anyway. He was he was talking, and then all of a sudden, poof, yeah. he's gone. There he I'm, is. I'm I'm sorry, guys. I'm getting so many questions filed in off of off of my, uh, Facebook and off of uh, messages through emails and things. I clicked hit the wrong button. <laughs> but uh, you know what that happens sometimes i, I want to make sure that we get everybody's question answered uh when they ask them but it, it's hard to keep up with three or four things at once and uh 
it's become easier, but still we get we mess up every once in a while. And I did, but uh, that's part of it. Well, Jeff, you know we're real proud of what you've done uh, with your company and your videos and raising your kids and all the stuff that you're involved with. I know you're extremely busy, and it meant a lot to Doc and I to have you on the show with us tonight. Yeah, uh, appreciate if it. If you have if you have anything that you'd like to tell the people about, like how to get a hold of you about your products and, and uh, outdoor brands, people uh, go ahead and do that at this time. And, and uh, again, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Sure. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Um, I, I like talking about what we do here and, and uh, anytime we can expose our, our brands to more people through your audience or any other avenue. Um, it's always a bonus. And I'd like to uh, just tell everybody again that um, I've said it on all my videos. I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate you listening to Catfish Weekly. I appreciate you helping us grow the sport. Um, I, I, uh, I would like for everybody to, to truly focus on the big picture and hunting and fishing and, and get along and, and uh, you know really work with one another, whether you're a small channel cat fisherman that's just looking for, looking to go home and take some fish with some fiber bait and fish for dinner, or you're a guy that, you know, has got all the latest gear and has a catfish tournament fisherman, um, don't look down on that man and, and don't look up at the other man and have anything bad to say. We all need to get along and uh, respect each other. And Because catfishing is fun. Catfishing is with your grandma. Catfishing is with your kids. Catfishing is with my employees. Catfishing is tournaments. Catfishing is all of this. And we're so fortunate to still have the ability. It's still okay to go out and enjoy eating a few catfish and, and targeting big catfish. And we've got all of this going for us. And um, I do appreciate everybody over the years subscribing to Team Catfish, subscribing to our Facebook page, and spending your hard-earned money buying our, your, our tackle. You can find anything we do at Outdoor Brands, B-R-A-N-D-Z, Dot com. You can call us here at the office at 918-786-9661. You can find us on Facebook at Team Catfish Tackle. You can find us on YouTube at Team Catfish One, or you can just find us at TeamCatfish.com. And thanks, for guys, for having me. Jeff, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you so much. You know, I hope in the future we get a chance to get you back on here. Uh, maybe with your boys or something. I'd love to have them guys on here. They're such great kids, ambassadors to the sport. They're the future of what we do, and it'd be awesome if you you and them or just them would join us for a show some of these days. We'd be happy to do that. But we've had a great time with you, and, and uh, we'll get you back on here if you'll allow us to do it uh, sometime in the future, and we'll talk about some more stuff. Okay, guys, thank you. Thanks a lot, thank Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Doc, that's a great success story from a guy that started out guiding catfish to build what he's built today. Yep, yep, and he's a good guy, too. He is a great guy. He does a lot of things for the sport that people never hear about. You never seen him his own horn. He just goes on his way and does does the, the greatest stuff in the world. He makes some great products. Uh, they're accessible to a lot of places, and Jeff Williams is, is just top-notch. Yes, uh, what is. have you what do you got for tournament results and such tonight, Doc? Well, let's start off uh, whisker sticks. This light right here. Let's do. 
Okay, this thing right here has been burning for 440 hours. So <laughs> I, I put the battery in it on March 2nd. And I'm going to say tonight is probably it's gone its life because here's one right beside it that with a brand new battery in it. So this thing is gone. I mean, you can still see it at about 40, 40 foot, but it, it's getting tough. So 440 hours, that, that is a long time. That is and a then, long time. You know, and it, it's just a matter of me just coming along here and I can just pull this battery out and I can throw another battery in there and it's going to look like that. It's going to light back up and it's going to go. So excellent product, whisker sticks, LEDs. That's, that is a great product. 400 hours or over 400 hours on one little battery is just unbelievable. What a great yeah. little tool that's going to be for a lot of people to use down the road. Yeah, and, and we've, we've come up with so many ideas and different things that we can use on that thing. So it's just unreal. Um, another thing I want to bring up, and I forgot to do it last week, and those of you that were at the Catfish Conference uh, 2017, all the seminars are now up on uh, Catfish Conference. Uh, every seminar was given is up there. So I encourage all of you to get out there and take a look at all those seminars because they were very good this year. Uh, let's see, what have I, else have I got? Uh, Madison Catfish Anglers. Uh, this is out of uh, Craig's Creek in Indiana. Uh, first place was Jack Height and Marlon Ab Abplin. Boy, I can't see that, say this guy's last name. So I'm just going to say Marlin A, 69.2 uh, pounds of fish, and they had the big fish, which was a 25.2 pound. I believe that was a blue. Second place was Vernon Parrish, Tim Mc, McManus, 53.6. Third was Dwayne Austin and Don Elder, and I forgot to write down the weight, so it was under 53. So the next tournament is going to be April 15th, and that's in Patriot, Indiana. SWOCC, Rocky Fork Lake, Hillsboro, Ohio. Uh, I fished this. The conditions were horrifying. I mean, the first hour, it wasn't bad, but after that first hour, the winds kicked in. It was cold. It was, it was just, it was, it was one of the worst fishing times I've been on a boat so but i mean people <laughs> found people found fish first place tom uh Kocher and rich roy 54.2 pounds second was Corey brandon Corey and brandon copas and todd and ty householder 49.2 pounds they had the big fish which was a 14.7 pound channel third mark blauvelt and rusty co 46.1 pounds and fourth was Willie Smith and Nick Anderson with 32.8 pounds. Next tournament will be April 20, 29th. That's Tanner's Creek. That is a tri-state tournament. And I uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Lyle, I believe that is another qualifier for the national championship. Am I right? 
That is correct. And while we're on that line of thinking, you guys that had tournaments over the weekend, uh, I believe there was two or three of them that was national qualifying tournament qualifiers. You need to get them from me. I, I want them to come from the tournament director written with correct names and spelling because if I take it off of Facebook and put the wrong person up there, if it was posted wrong for whatever reason, I don't want don't want it to be that way. I need you to send those things to us so we can get those posted. I know there's probably uh, 15 or more people that's going to be now qualified to fish the national event, so you guys need to make sure they get it to us. And while I'm talking about that, if you, you folks want your tournaments to be broadcast on our show, or if you want us to tell people about the tournament results, you need to get them to us because we just absolutely don't have time to go searching for all of them, and we don't know where all of them is going to be found or if they're posted on Facebook or whatever. So if you want them talked about, we're happy to do it. And that information, the doc or I, or I through Facebook or email us at catfishweeklytv at gmail.com, and we'll be happy to get that stuff. We just can't spend hours on end looking for tournament results or upcoming tournaments uh, but if you'll send them to us, we'll make sure we get them out there. Yeah, and, and you know, we, we give a shout out to the, you know, you can get your uh, uh, tournament out there, you know, right here on Catfish Weekly. That's right. We, we've getting so many more viewers and, and people that watch us on YouTube after the show's over and on listen to it on a podcast. And we're going to go over a bunch of that stuff. But uh, I have some results uh, from this past Saturday's tournament down in texas jerry dillard sent me the results and michael houston and vass crooks won the winning weight or 150 had the winning weight of 56.90 pounds also had big fish of 23.94 pounds second place was john dillard and jerry dillard with 46.5 pounds uh, third place went to randy miller and johnny ward with 19.30 pounds. Thank you, Jerry, for sending those results. We're, we're happy to announce it for you. I was at a tournament over the weekend, Doc, also. It was on Lake of the Ozarks, first tournament I've ever been there. I got to run the boat. I didn't get to fish, but we took our oldest son, and we had an outstanding time with her, with him, sending him. We got to do the fishing, and I got to look for fish and be out, so I was happy with that. Uh, first place, on the, it had 60, 61 boats entered in this tournament. Uh, one guy messed up his boat, so he didn't get to take it out. He hit something in North Dakota or unit off of it that, that's part of being out on the water. Uh, first place, Brad and Craig Shoemate done an outstanding job. They had 71.53 pounds on a tough bite for a lot of people. There was a lot of people that didn't turn in fish. My buddy Andrew Little and Jeff Singer, uh, 70.28, so it was pretty close. Now, I will mention that in this tournament, you know, everybody's talking about little tournaments, big tournaments, who's got what. Uh, Brad and Craig won $2,430, uh, Twisted Cat Outdoor Tournament. Jeff Little and Jeff Singer with their 70.28 won $1,188. Johnny Coleman and Dan Elmers come down from Iowa and took third place with 67.63 pounds and won $648. Ron King and Buddy Weisenberger had Craig similar with them. They won $540 on 64 pounds. And Brian Ellison and Mike Carpenter, and I believe they're both from up around Chillicothe, had 64 pounds, $378. And Big Fish, which 
45.808 pounds paid them 600 bucks. So that's a pretty good day for them. Travis Hunter and Jeremy Ranson, $216 for sixth place. Uh, the, the line goes on down. Uh, I think there was 32 teams that ended up weighing in fish. Uh, great tournament. Alex does always does a wonderful job. So uh, glad everybody got to make it down there for that. And I will tell you that the next Twisted Cat Outdoor Tournament will be May 7th at Burlington, Iowa. This is a great place to catch really quality channel cat. You may get into some flatheads up there, but it'll be a ton of fun. So get on Twisted Cat Outdoors Facebook page or contact Alex Nagy to get all the information so you know about it. It'll be a ton of fun. What do you got for a Doc's tip tonight? <laughs> Doc's tip tonight. Well, I made a mistake over the weekend, and I'm going to tell everybody about it. The, the wind was horrible at this tournament we were fishing. And at one time, I don't know, it, it was probably 25, 30 mile an hour winds. But uh, I think old man Winter decided to pick on the front of my boat. And uh, he was blowing that wind and it, it took my uh, ProCat 240 and it spun at 360 degrees. Well, I had two big drift socks out the back. I had one, one out the back two out the front trying to get control of the boat. And, uh, but Doc's tip for the night, make sure that you have a float on your drift sock because I had the drift sock got wrapped up on the prop on the rear of the boat. So I went on ahead and I'm, I, I have uh, carabines on my drift sock. So I undid the carabine and I noticed the bag opened up and it started pulling away from the motor. And I said, oh, great, I'll just, you know, I'll let it come off of there. And as soon as it gets off of there, I'll just reach out there and uh, grab that thing. Yeah, it came off. It came off of the prop nice and nice and clean. And then I watched it disappear because oh. it, it, it sunk right to the bottom. I mean, it was gone in, in about 15 foot of water. So. A uh, really nice drift socket. Sometimes probably going to wash up on the shore sometime, or somebody's going to be crappie fishing or dragging a bait, and they're going to think they got a big hog on, <laughs> and, and, and it's going to be what's left of my uh, drift sock. So that that's Doc's tip for the night: put a float on your drift bags. I'm pretty. I'm thinking that's something that's pretty necessary. I'm glad you mentioned it because so the rest of us don't do the same thing and enjoy the experience you had, Doc. Yeah, yeah I have, it, was, it was wicked. I guarantee it. I have another uh, tournament that I forgot to mention that I had, Bobby Wright had sent me this early this morning, and I forgot about it. They're having the Catfish Classic 7 shootout April the 28th at Bartlett Lake in Scottsdale, Arizona. You guys that live in Arizona you need to get down there. This, uh, my understanding, is the 7th annual event. It'd be a great time. Those boys put on a really good show down there. I've read about it for years. I'm hoping someday I'll be able to make it to one of those uh, for a great time. Uh, flatheads. Who don't want to go down there and catch a bunch of flatheads? And they got some giants in that lake. So make sure you get down there and, and get in on that. Uh, Doc, we made a post uh, last week. We've got a couple of giveaways coming up, and they're, they're giant giveaways. Uh, we haven't worked all the details out. 
But I can't imagine, you know, it's kind of like the build ants hats. I can't imagine anybody that ever tournament fish would not want one of these. Uh, and we're going to, we're going to put all this program together and get that out to everybody probably this week. And we'll do two different ones. Uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but it's going to be something that has to include not only our viewers, but has to be include the people that watch the show on YouTube afterwards because, you know, we don't want them guys to be left out. Sometimes there's just different ways of doing things, and we're going to make mistakes trying these these things. Yeah, you know. really. But, you know, I, I, you just can't think of all of it. But what, what we're going to do is whatever it is that to be involved with this will apply to everybody, that everybody will have a fair shot with it. And they're, they're going to be something they want, I promise you. Uh, pretty pretty nice things. Uh I don't know exactly how we're going to do it, but we're going to make it happen. And and uh, like I say, you all will be very pleased with what we do. I'm I'm quite sure. Uh, I would like to to announce that uh, we have. Don't forget that we have uh, the rising sun coming up. We have Mississippi River monsters coming up. You guys need to make sure to stay on top of this. Uh, George and Leslie are working really, really hard to get this stuff down. Uh, Team Catfish is a sponsor of the Mississippi River Monsters, and we need to, to keep all these people in line that sponsor these tournaments. Aaron Wheatley's tournament, Monsters on the Ohio is coming up. So be prepared. If you need to get motel rooms, don't wait too long. Yeah. I know that Angela Herndon down at uh, Memphis, West Memphis, uh, they're running a special. If you need a room, you need to get a hold of Angela. Tell them you well, you're coming to Mississippi River Monster and uh, get your room reserved. Uh, it, it's very important that you keep these guys in mind with these tournaments. Uh, I know I, I talk to George and Aaron a lot. I talk to George quite a bit, and I know they have a lot of big stuff in the world. So we need to, to make sure that we get the support for these guys that they need and uh, it's a lot easier for them to make this stuff happen if they know how many people's coming in advance or have an idea. Uh, when the, the last minute, a hundred of them show up, it's really hard to make to make plans for all that. So we need to make make sure we do that. Um, I would like to invite everybody that watches. If you care anything about catfish conservation, uh, please contact your state conservation agencies, your local DNR. And just let them know how, impo how important these catfish regulations are to us, especially if you live in a state that, that considers them a trash fish. We know that they're not. They should all be, all catfish should be classified as a game fish. And until we get that stuff taken care of, it's not going to change nothing. Uh, like I'd said before, Catfish is the number one sport fish fish for in the state of Missouri, and I honest to God believe that if more states would take a survey on that, they would see it is the same in their in their yeah. Please, please like, share, and subscribe if you enjoy watching Catfish Weekly. We'd appreciate it greatly. I want to mention one other thing. Uh, I was fortunate enough to get my hands on some slime line, and I got 50-pound slime line, and, and Doc and I have talked about this a little bit. We're going to do some more testing for them. Uh, I use this stuff as leader material in place of the things that I've been using uh, before. Uh, just because I heard so much about it, and Tony Caton was nice enough to send me a couple spools of this, and I snelled up a bunch of hooks the other night. Uh, I will tell you this stuff has made me a believer out of on the low memory it has. I really, really like that. 
the last thing I want to do is haul something out and it'd be all knotted up. <coughs> Pardon Bless me. You. I could use some blessings, believe me. Uh, it takes to not... It holds knots extremely well. I mean, you tighten it down, it doesn't loosen back up. I snelled a bunch of them, didn't have any issues with it. But now I, I make them tight. But even doing that, some of the other line doesn't hold nearly as well as this stuff does. The memory thing was a big deal to me. I did test it uh, on a short piece of two foot, tied it onto a rod holder, and used a digital scale that broke at 68 pounds. Uh, I did have wow. one time. I did have one time it broke a little over than that, but I'm going to use 68 as the guide and not talk about the 71 pound the other time it, it broke at. Uh, that, for 50 pound monofilament line, pretty I'd good. Be yep. Yep. So if you guys are in, in line to look for some new products, get a hold of the guys at Big Cat Fever. They got some line that if you're a mono guy, you're going to love. It's, yep. it's a great product. And I can't thank the guys enough for letting us do a review on it. It was outstanding. Anything else you got for the evening, Doc? April 15th, big tournament. He went back to work today, so uh, he got along real good at work. I talked to him on the way home. Uh, I seen him this weekend. They had their uh, Ohio Hills Catfish Club meeting this past weekend. Uh, they're, they're setting up their meeting, their, uh, you know, uh, fishing tournament schedule. So it's out on Facebook right now. I don't have it in front of me, but I'll... I'll be sure to get that up there and uh, give all them Ohio Hills flathead uh, chasers out there a big shout out from uh, Catfish Weekly. That's exactly right. And uh, the guys from Catfish Conference just jumped on here a few minutes ago, and I happened to, to see their posts on here. And uh, they say, good tip, get the hands on those specials for them rooms. They will go fast. They are correct about that. Tim Lindsay also made us a post up on our Facebook or our uh, YouTube chat that bow fishing in Illinois this year is not cool. And you're right, Tim. It is not. There is no reason with all of the rough fish available. And it's not legal in Missouri, so I don't know how they can possibly make that legal on Mississippi River. It's just idiocy. Uh, there's no reason for that. You, you, can, you can't fish the big heads and, and the gar and the stuff that are, are truly trash fish. There is no reason they should ever be allowed to fish bow fish, catfish. Uh, Jack Height, yeah. yes. Those are high-vis leaders. You're right. That's funny, and I never even thought of it that way, but it is uh, very much uh, very much funny to have high-vis line as a leader, but I'm telling you, if you use it as a leader, you're going to like it. Uh, Catfish Doc, Herbie. don't forget to tell everybody about the Herbie. Yeah, he wants to tell yeah. everybody about the mug. Go ahead. Yeah, Herbie's got uh, catfish mugs that he's selling, uh, and all the proceeds are going to go to Bink. So, uh Get a hold of Hervé there at uh, Catfish Conference LLC right here on YouTube and uh, get a get a catfish mug. That's a great thing for a great cause. Thank you, Hervé, for helping us out with that. I know Bink and Janet will appreciate it, as we all will. Uh, I think that's it for tonight, Jock. We had a great time with Jeff Williams. I really appreciate him. Yeah. I know he's a busy guy. And uh, we'll try to get Jeff on back in, a, in in the future. I would really like to do a show with his two boys. Those those guys fish, they hunt, they live, they eat, drink, sleep it. Uh, them's the kind of kids that that we need to have involved with more in our sport. And I'm very very proud of what he's done uh, from starting out as a catfish guy to being uh, one of the biggest tackle catfish tackle things in our sport. And uh, uh, very happy for Jeff and his family. They've done really well. 
With that said, I think that'll do it for tonight. Be sure and jump on here next week. Uh, we have Robert here from Crusher Marine going to be on our show. Uh, Robert is going to tell us about the Survivor Unit, some other products he makes. But Robert is going to talk specifically about saving our fish, conservation efforts, what we got to do to make people think differently, and all kinds of cool stuff like that. So you don't want to miss it. It'll be a great show. And uh, maybe we'll have the deals worked out so we tell you guys about these, these giveaways, because I promise you, if you are tournament fishermen, you're going to want to know about them. That's all I got to say. See you next week on Catfish Weekly.